Lord Jesus, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord, for a day that we can, Lord, celebrate you. Lord, whether it's dedicating beautiful children that you give us, Lord, or if it's just looking into your word or singing songs, Lord, that we, it would all be worship unto you, Lord. And Lord, that we would continue in that worship as we listen to your word and as we prepare our hearts to receive from you. So Lord Jesus, I just pray you'd speak through me. Lord, I pray that even including me, I would prepare my heart to receive, that I would follow, as it says uh, in the book of Hosea, to, to plow up that fallow ground, that ground that's been sitting in hard, Lord, and get it ready for the word of God. Lord, we love you. And Lord, those of us that don't know you in this room, Lord, I pray that we, they would hear your voice today and they would receive salvation. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So if you remember at the end of Deuteronomy, um, Moses dies. That's like, that's the end of Deuteronomy. And it says that the Lord buried him with his own hand. Jude lets us see into that a little bit. And it says that Satan came for Moses' body and um, the archangel Michael fought him. And then the Lord took him. And nobody knows to this day where Moses was buried because the Lord buried him himself. I mean, that is honor right? For the Lord God to bury you with his own hands. And that is love, right? And the Lord loves his people. He loves his servants, right? Those that, that say, hey, Lord, I'm all yours. I'm going to follow after you. You use me however you want, right? So then we see now that it's Joshua's turn. I mean, if you've been in the church, you know, at least you know the first chapter of Joshua, right? Be strong and courageous. That's what the Lord says to Joshua. Why would he say that to Joshua? Have you guys, have you ever seen when life changes? The changes of life, right? Now listen to the, the Lord's words to Joshua. We'll read it. And it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who I told you last week, that wasn't his given name. I mean, son of none, so he was the oldest. But if we look in the book of Numbers, he goes by the name of Hoshea, right? It is Moses who gives him the name Joshua, which is the Old Testament translation of a name that we know very well, Jesus. Joshua's name and Jesus mean the same thing. Hoshea meant salvation, Right? But then Moses said, your name's not going to be salvation. Your name's going to be Jehovah is salvation. Right? We're going to get really specific with your name, Joshua. And Joshua is this, this likened character, or it's like a foreshadowing of who Jesus Christ would be for us and to the whole world. The one who takes them from the, the dry wilderness into victory into the promised land. Now, a lot of people like to liken the promised land as heaven. Oh yeah, you know, the land flowing with milk and honey. But when you look at the promised land, the promised land is more likened to life being led by the spirit in Jesus Christ. Why would I say that? Because when we go to glory, we are not gonna fight wars anymore. We're told that, right? And the Israelites had the same um, you know, the same 
hope that we have that one day they will be ushered into glory. The promised land for us is life with Jesus being led by the Spirit. Why would I say that? Because the Lord has abundance of life for us, right? What did Jesus say? I came to give them life and to give it abundantly. I gave them to, I, I came to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, spiritually speaking, right? Because through Jesus, we have abundance. Now, sometimes you may be like me. And when the Lord says, you have abundance, David, I look at my bank account. And I think to myself, I don't think so, Lord. I mean, we talk in the desert. <laughs> and once in a while, you know, you, you get a notification that you have a couple pounds. It's like, it's like, you know, bushels blowing in the wind. <laughs> but the Lord does give us abundance. And I told you this one time somebody asked. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm one of seven children. Right? I'm not the oldest, though people may perceive me to be the oldest because I stand behind a pulpit. I'm actually number three. I'm number three in line. So I have a younger brother that sometimes mistake him for the oldest because he's like the vice president or the assistant vice president of a university, right? So they're like, oh, well, I mean, you have this, you have a master's and you're doing your doctorate. You must be the oldest, right? So we have this strange way of signifying or, or understanding who the oldest in a family is, all right? So, but that's just to the side. But, um, you know, like as we, as we go through life, changes come. Changes come. And this is what Moses, uh, or the Lord says to Moses. He says to Joshua, whose name is Jehovah has become salvation. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites. All right? So the Lord tells him something that has happened, a chapter has closed. There's no going back. I mean, you could go try to find Moses' body, but the dude is dead. There's no reviving him. Life has changed. And there have been times in my life where I understand life has changed and I have two decisions. I could sit down and wallow and wish for the past or I could listen to the Lord's promise and move forward to the hopeful, abundant future that he has for me. Even though there may be heartache with the past changing or, or with the past closing on me and there's no going back. I remember it distinctively when I was moving away. You know, um, I was saying I'm, I'm one of seven children, six of the brothers. So we have one sister and there's six brothers and we were in a band and we played across the United States for a few decades, right? So we would play live music. I love live music. I love the worship we play in the mornings here. I love live instrumentation and, and all of that, right? So we would play music and, um, you know, like as we would do this, uh, I started traveling to other countries to play music with my brothers. We would, we would travel to other countries. And one of those countries was 
good old England, right? So we would fly here, we'd land in Heathrow, we'd be picked up, we'd be taken to a couple of festivals and things like that. And that's where I met my wife, the lady who, one of the ladies who was, you know, playing worship this morning. That's where I met my wife. I remember first day in England, I met the lady I married, right? The Lord said, hey, listen, I got a girl for you, but she lives 3,500 miles away from you, so I got to get you over there, right? So I came, but I remember my life changing when I knew I had to leave my brothers and I had to come to England to be married and to live here because that's what the Lord had said. He had called me. I sought him about it. And he said, I'm moving you to England. Be obedient to me or you can wallow around and and weep because the past is changing. But I knew from the moment I got married, that's it. A chapter closes behind me, right? It didn't mean that, it doesn't mean that I'm not part of my family anymore. It just means I live 3,500 miles away, right? But I knew that with the Lord's strength and with his spirit, that the future was hopeful and abundant, and I needed to move forward. So Joshua sits here, and the Lord says to him, Moses has died. Joshua, it's your time. It's your time. Is there something going on in your life where the chapter is closed behind you? And now the Lord is saying to you, trust me, move forward. Or you could take your own decision and go your own way. But he's saying, trust me, move forward. And he says, therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Now, a lot of times we use this verse to say, hey, man, wherever I step, that's mine, right? So then I go step on my neighbor's Ferrari and tell him, that's mine. The Lord gave it to me. And then I get sued for ruining his Ferrari. But anyway, it's, that's the wrong indication. What the Lord is actually saying is, what I have promised you is as good as done. Right? Read the words that wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Now, we may look at the promises of the Lord, and he'll say, and the Lord says things like, hey, I will give you peace that passes all understanding. And some of us work some jobs, and we're like, Lord, where's that peace? And the Lord's like, trust me. The peace is, is when you begin to trust me. Then you will have peace that passes all understanding. You guys remember the disciples in the boat. Jesus is taking a nap, right? And I have a joke about that, but, you know, Jesus took a nap during a storm. Uh, Peter took a nap in prison. Daniel took a nap in the lion's den. If there's something I've learned from the Bible is there's always time for a nap. <laughs> All right? It's just a side note. But the real thing is this. Why were they able to take a nap? Because they trusted the one who they had put their lives into his hands. You know, Daniel prayed, and then he tells Darius when he comes up, he says, hey, an angel came, angels came, and they, they shut the, my, the lion's mouths all night. So, you know, I took a little, little snooze. Yeah. Peter was like, hey, man. I'm in prison. What can I do? 
And then the angel wakes him up. He's like, hey, wake up out of your coma, boy. Come with me. And Jesus, Jesus was laying there because he trusted his father and he had authority over all creation. So he knew what he was able to do and what his father had made him able to do, right? So he trusted and he stayed with that. So when we trust the Lord's promises, now listen here, look, look at this. He says, you will take these people and you're going to cross the Jordan. The Lord gives him no explanation like, um, Joshua, you're going to cross the Jordan. I've built a bridge for you. Just go down one mile, take a left. If you get lost, just pull it up on Google. It's cool. You know, the Lord doesn't give him that explanation. The Lord just says, this is what I've said. Now go. Right? So it, it, it reminds me of something I read. Um, there's this, uh, he was an old pastor. He's passed away now. And his name was Warren Wearsby. And Warren Wearsby says, God's people live on promises, not explanations. They live on promises, not explanations. Now, I, I'll add to that. Listen, the Lord does explain things as we go. But if I'm not moving and I'm saying, Lord, <laughs> I'm not moving until you give me the whole blueprint for everything. The Lord's like, well, have fun dying there. Because you need to move in faith. You need to listen to my words and move forward. And he even tells them that at the Jordan River. He says, tell them to march in. Well, Jordan River's kind of wet, Lord. <laughs> Where's the bridge? We got stepping stones around here. But you know what? Joshua probably saw that Jordan River and he remembered moving through the Red Sea and thought, this is just a river, man. <laughs> We've been through the sea. And that's how it is when we remember what the Lord has taken us through, right? I remember there was this time when I was younger and there was a huge debt on my family and the Lord removed that debt. So then sometimes when I see a debt come up and I'm trying to pay it off and my, my innermost part, my, my spirit, not even my spirit, like my flesh, I would say, wants to worry about it. But I know that I've been a good steward. I've taken care of things and I've tried to do what's right. And I've said, you know what, Lord, you helped me cross the Red Sea. I'm going to trust you here too. I'm going to continue to do my, you know, do my responsibilities, keep my priorities. I'm going to continue to honor you, and you're going to take me through. You're going to take me through. You know, because sometimes in ministry, he asks you to do things where you're just like, there's not enough of me. Like, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord knows that he's doing that when he asks us to move forward. The Lord knows that he wants us to turn to him and reach out to him and say, Lord, I need your help. This is bigger than me. And the Lord's like, ah, perfect. I'm glad you recognize that. I will be with you. I will go with you. I will empower you. I will give you the strength. I will come upon you and take you forward. Trust me. Trust me. So I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, 
No one will be able to stand against you as, as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Hey, I was told this when I was younger. You know, like, I grew up, and, and I, I told you, you know, I, I'm one of seven children. Um, I have, we all have the same mom and dad. But our dad, he liked to leave every once in a while, you know, go do his thing. And, um, and I remember there was this, this time in my life where, the Lord, where my dad left us for like two years. I was about 13 years old. He left. Dude was gone. Took all his clothes, moved out. Left all seven of his children and his wife in a house in New York City. That's it, right? And the Lord took us through, right? So sometimes I had this habit of feeling abandoned, right? Like you grow up with that. And then I started reading God's word, and then I remember somebody explaining something to me. And they said, listen, David, if you are the child of the Lord through the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has done on the cross, if you have put your faith in that, you are never abandoned. You are never forsaken. The only one and the last one that was abandoned and forsaken by the Lord was Jesus Christ on the cross. He was abandoned and forsaken for me. And then I can never again say that I'm all alone. Now, there's two, two decisions I can make at that point. I can understand the reality of it and say, you know what, Lord, you're always with me. Or I could say, you know what, that really ruins my pity party. I really like feeling abandoned and, you know, and having a pity party about it and say, oh, I'm left all alone. <laughs> and some of us like a pity party. We love it, right? I remember my mother coming in and saying, you got to stop with your pity party. You know, one time I said to her, and I, I told somebody this recently, and I said, one time she came and said to me, you know, Dave, you got to do this, this, and this in your life. And I thought, Ma, the way you put it, that hurts my feelings. And she turned to me and she goes, well, it looks like you need to man up. <laughs> she walked, and I'm not thinking. <laughs> but you know what? She was right. She was right. Even though I didn't feel like she was right, but my feelings don't change the truth. And I began to realize, like, like the next day I thought, you know what? I'm sitting here angry at my mother when she was right. Not only do I need to man up, but I need to change in, in what she's told me. I need to change. And sometimes we don't like to change because we like the old ways. But if the old ways are dead, especially if we've come to Christ, and we've said, Lord, I'm all yours. The Lord's like, okay, now it's time to move forward. You got to trust me. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go much longer, but there's, the Lord gave him objectives, right? He told Joshua, listen, and, and we're not going to keep going through the scripture, but um, we'll continue on next week, but the Lord gave him objectives. He said, listen, it's your job to lead these people. You are going to take them into the promised land. And to us, we read this and we think, yeah, okay, the promised land, that's cool. Listen, they had waited 40 years to go into this. 40 years before, their parents were too scared to go in. Do you guys realize that? 
Look it up in, in the book of Numbers. The Lord brings them to the promised land and he says, you must enter in. They send in the 12 spies, 12 spies come back. 10 of those spies are like, yo, it's a beautiful land, but they're going to eat us. Like to them, we're cockroaches. They actually say grasshoppers, but you know, I'm a, I'm a city kid, so I know cockroaches. So they, they will stomp us and kill us. And it's only Joshua and Caleb that say, hey guys, listen. Listen, guys, and this, they actually say it like this. Listen, if God is pleased with us, these people will be our prey. Right? Where the ten were saying, no, no, we're going to fall. And said, no, no, no. If, we, if God is with us, they're going to fall. They're going to fall. So the things that lay ahead of you may look like giants. But we know that Jesus Christ is in the business of laying giants down, flat on their back, dead. So if the Lord tells us to move forward, we trust him. We move forward. Right? So God did, gave him objectives, but he didn't explain exactly how everything was going to happen. And as I look back in my own life, I thank the Lord that when I was younger in my faith, he didn't explain certain things to me. He just told me, have faith, move forward. Why? Because I either would get a big head about what would happen in the future, right? Or I'd turn tail and run because I wasn't ready to handle those things. But the Lord knows that as he sends us forward, he will also be growing us. He will be maturing us as we move forward. And then as we mature, he will explain things to us as we move forward with him. He'll explain certain aspects to us. And certain ways that we're supposed to carry ourselves. Certain things that we're supposed to do. And that also comes as we read God's word. You know, so, I mean, one thing that I would, um, I would kind of hammer down on is that Joshua had to know God's word. That's in the next section. The Lord says, hey, listen, these instructions I've given you, don't turn from them. Don't turn to the right or to the left. But not only that, I will be with you. I will walk with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you are a Christian here today, we know that we have that promise. We know that in the book of Matthew, that Jesus comes and Matthew tells us that he is called Emmanuel to us. Emmanuel means God among his people. God tabernacled among his people. And the book of Matthew ends with Jesus giving this promise. I will be with you even to the end of the age. So that's at the beginning and the end of Matthew. But also in the book of Hebrews, we learn this. So we could turn there. Hebrews 13, verses 5 through 6. And this is for, for believers, for those of us that walk with Jesus. says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. So the, the, the author of Hebrews looks back at what was said to Joshua and he says, this stands for you as a believer too. Now, some of us may read that part and says, don't love money. Oh, God, God doesn't like me making money. No, no. What God is saying is, don't love money. You can make money. 
God gave you a job, do that. But make sure that that money and what you're doing is honoring God. Make sure you honor him with everything you, you have. And there's something that I normally say to myself, hey, money is a great servant, but a horrible master. So when you love money, that means you are making money your master. But when you just use money, make money your servant. Let it do your bidding and let your bidding be something that honors God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just praise you and we thank you, Father God, for your word. Lord, the truths that come from your word, Lord, as we dig in. And Lord, you help us to live this life, to apply it to our lives, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are good to us and you are kind to us. And Lord, we want to love you so that you would instruct us on how to love you, what pleases you. We want to be good kids. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, I also pray that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, and they'd like to know more of you, Father God, that, that, that they would seek that. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that hears you calling to them for salvation, that they would answer that. That they would come and do what it says in Romans 10 verse 9. That they would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in their hearts that God raised them from the dead and they will be saved. And then, Lord, that they would follow after that because, Jesus, you said that if you love me, you will obey my commands. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.